today I, I thought it would be kind of funny to give you guys, or the Lord has been moving on my heart, and this is kind of a strange subject to me, um, and I, it's called Impossibilities Done by the Church. And um, the more I kind of thought about this subject after Dr. Varallo came and we, me and her were talking about certain things, it just, this has been stirring for this year because there's been some strange things that's happened. And, um, but then again, the world's becoming a stranger place, so now strange is the new norm, right? You go to the mall, me and Caleb were there Sunday. I haven't been there in a few years, but it was very strange. And I mean, and you know, half the time you're walking around and I'm not downing on people, but you know, Caleb was pointing out, look, that's, that's not a girl. That's not a girl. And I'm just like, and it's everywhere. And I think that in the Old Testament, under King Ahab, as the, as the king, he married a Canaanite, and the world got increasingly darker, and he married her, and she brought her pagan gods. And what was on the outskirts of society, which was taboo, which was Baal worship, you know, people did it outside the city, eventually creeped in. And then through King Ahab, it got into government and political. And you can see that now as we're fighting for, you know, the right for whether a child lives or die, and the government's doing that. So I'm reading the book called The Paradigm right now by Jonathan Kahn, if you ever read it. It's awesome. He's taking these Old Testament stories. They're not exact. A paradigm is kind of like a type and shadow. And he's putting certain political leaders, and, and it's showing you the times that we're coming in. And I believe the church, as darkness becomes more prevalent, and you, and I mean, they're not, they're, it's in your face now. You know, I, you'll be walking down the street and you'll see someone and you're like, oh my gosh, just the way this person looks, the way that they're dressing themselves, it almost looks demonic. But it means that heaven is going to start increasing as well. Amen. Because if Satan is, is pushing, heaven's going to push and it's even supposed to overtake. And so I believe we're going to start seeing a lot more of what they saw in the book of Acts and a lot of impossibilities. And, you know, in the past, overseas, you'll hear more stories about, you know, miracles and the impossibilities and things happening. Um, but I believe in America, a lot of those things are going to start happening here, and they ha already have begun. And I kind of started, you know, thinking about last year, and I'm going to tell some stories at the end about some things that happened just towards um, Tent Nation at the end of the year of just kind of the supernatural but I wanted to, you know, kind of make it a fun night. I'm going to go, I've given her a few scriptures, but I'm really just going to read real fast and just give you bullet points of things that happen in the book of Acts, the unusual things, the things that you're reading through your Bible, you're not necessarily going to, you know, catch. And, and dad focuses a lot on who you are in Christ, what belongs to you, and you need to know those things. But I thought we'd kind of have like a fun night. I want to be like the fun substitute, right? Yeah. Yay. It's like movie time. You know, I'm not going to show you a movie, but I'm just going to kind of tell you some some incredible things that happened in the book of Acts, and we're going to kind of shift off of, it is going to still have to do with the Holy Ghost, what, what Dad's talking about, but it's, it's more of just, we're going to talk about some supernatural fun things, right? You know, everyone loves watching Superman. Every now and then you go to the movies. Well, that's what tonight is. We're going to break away from the normal of teaching on how to live, um, you know, live right or, or, or grace or the typical message, and we're going to kind of focus on some impossibilities. But the reason I think the Holy Spirit is doing this is because we're, we have stepped into a new time. And 2019 has shifted, and I can tell it shifted, especially when Mary Fran called, and she says, and she flew down here real quick, and she says, we need to meet, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And, um, you know, she started talking to us about certain things, and I'm like, this is getting crazier and crazy, but in the book of Acts, a lot of these things were the norm. In America, it may be crazy, but as Darkness is increasing, I believe, the supernaturalist, but we shouldn't be alarmed. Um, I'm going to read some crazy stuff, and I want to kind of expand on it. But I want you guys to start, you know, supernatural things. Is, maybe you're not praying for them, but you're expecting God to do these supernatural things. I want to read you a quote by Andrew Murray. And he's talking about the blood of Jesus, but it's faith is largely dependent on knowledge. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God, Right? If your knowledge, and he's talking about the blood, but I want to say this, let's just talk about prosperity, knowledge about supernatural, and what can and has accomplished that you have is not accurate, then your faith will expect little. And the more powerful effects of the blood, he's talking about the blood, will be limited. If your knowledge is not accurate, then your faith will expect little. I think that we don't see the supernatural God is because we, we don't talk about it. In the book of Acts, it happened all the time. And so I think that as we begin to hear, faith comes by hearing, right? And the Bible says that Jesus says, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. 
what I, I was watching this movie the other night, and it was pretty crazy. It's called Ready Player One. And there's three keys that they got to find to unlock this door. And a uh, good movie. But, you know, as you're watching this movie and the guy's like Gandalf, as soon as they find a key, he shows up and he gives them a clue to another, another key. And the Lord starts talking to me about keys. And there's, you know, the Bible says, in my father's house. And then there are many mansions. And the Bible also talks about, behold, a door standing open in heaven. So the Bible talks about God's house, doors, and keys. And to the knowledge that you have of God and the faith, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if we don't have faith of these areas, the supernatural, of healings and miracles, we'll never see them. We'll never unlock those doors and walk through them. Now, the Lord told me one time, he says, imagine I'm like a big house. And I didn't even know there was, you can go in the Bible and just write house and you'll see so many scriptures. House, doors, keys. And he said this to me, imagine I'm a big house. You'll walk through as many doors as you want to with me. Some people get to the point of the Holy Ghost and they say, nope, not going through that door. And he says, that's as far as they're gonna go. They're gonna go through salvation. They'll receive you know, being baptized into Jesus, but then they'll stop at a certain door. But he says, as many doors as you want to go through. And like, you know, like I said, behold, the Bible says a door. And Jesus talks a lot about gates and doors. And I really started looking in this and I, and I was like, man, I really need to um, spend more time meditating so some doors will be open for me in the supernatural. And um, so we're gonna, I wanna try to run through the book of Acts as fast as I can just to kind of give you an overview. And I'm just gonna quote some stuff. I'll start with this one. Um, <clears throat> number one, I think the expect the supernatural, why do we need it? And I found, I read through the whole book of Acts in the past couple days, it aided those who were devoted to the assignment that they were given. They saw lots of angels, lots of miracles happen, lots of people healed, but it was an aid to the people who were on assignment. Second thing, second key, it drew masses to the preaching of the resurrection and caused them to get saved. So why do we need miracles? Why do we need the supernatural? Because number one, it aids you in your ministry. If you're out doing the will of God, you've asked the Lord what it is I need to do. Number two, it is going to draw the masses in and get them born again. It's not, I wanna see angels just because I think it would be cool. No, there was a reason that they were there working with the disciples. And I'm gonna read some interesting scriptures on that as well. I don't, don't pray for it, but don't not expect it. Sometimes you hear so many preachers on TV, they're preaching kind of against it. Oh, don't open up that door to the supernatural because you might see something you don't want to see. Well, in the book of Acts, they saw it all the time and it actually aided them in their ministry. I wouldn't say pray for it, but expect God to do the supernatural Amen. in your life and in your ministry as you're ministering to people. And I'm going to tell you some stories of what happened last year to me um, personally. And, um, you know, Mary Fran made a statement to me. She said, everything that Satan does, he was not the creator of it. You'll see, you know, in other countries, he, was only, he only can pervert what God already made. Yeah. Kevin McNulty was talking about, he was preaching in another country in South America. And this church, they didn't have a Bible, so they were preaching all kinds of, and Kevin McNulty runs Tent Nation. We were just there. He's been preaching all over the world. He's preached to cannibals. He's preached, he's ran off, you know, he's jumped on trucks and rode for days on top of a truck into the next city. I mean, he's just crazy. But he's, he's got a doctorate degree and he's so soft-spoken. But the things he does is just wild. And so he told me he was preaching in South America or something. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of witchcraft that was going on in this city and in this church. They preached everything in this church. Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, you name it, they preached it. So he came in and he preached Jesus. And he says the people got so excited that people started levitating in the air. And he told the pastor, he says, what are they doing? He says, get them down. <laughs> you know, and I don't know why, you know, what was enabling them to do that. But the statement that she made to me was the supernatural, Satan can't create anything. He only can pervert what God already has. And use it, number one, it turns, it scares people, it, it turns Christians off. It, you know, he's already claimed that ground, right? He wanted dominion from Adam. That's what his whole purpose was, is he was to take dominion from Adam. Jesus took it back and gave it to the church. And this leads me into this. <clears throat> so we're talking about expecting the supernatural. I'm just telling you, when you start seeing things, when you start, let's just say someone manifests, don't let it scare you. One night I was walking in Universal, and this guy looked really crazy. I mean, you know, he was homosexual, and two of them, tall. And I was like, oh, get out of the way. I don't want to talk to them. And the Lord said, why not? I said, I, I'm kind of scared. He said, you shouldn't be afraid. They should be, you know, more afraid of what's in you. And I'm like, it's really started thinking that. He says, if you start to see things, don't become afraid of it. 
knowing that the greater one lives in you, that you're seated high, seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places far above all principalities, Ephesians 2. I mean high, above, you know, all, you know, all principality, might and dominion. And you're seated next to Jesus. So you shouldn't be afraid unless you say something like that does happen. So let's talk about some supernatural things that happen in the book of Acts after Jesus. We'll talk about before, during the time of Jesus. Acts 2, 41 through 47. Here's a good one. <clears throat> this was after they got baptized with the Holy Spirit, 120 of them, praying in the Holy Ghost, walked out on the balcony, and the city was like city herd, and, and they were so, I mean, it was, imagine 120 people praying in the Holy Ghost in Jerusalem. I remember being there. Yeah, the balcony, you could definitely hear in those big old cathedrals. It, the sound went everywhere. It says, then those who gladly received his word were baptized that day, and about 3,000 souls were added to them. One day, 120 people. The morning they got filled with the Holy Ghost and started to pray, 3,000 people got born again. I mean, we pray every Sunday night for a Sunday night of the month. There's probably 60 of us in here. Why don't we start believing for more souls coming in? I mean, 3,000 shouldn't be a big number to us. Imagine 120 people in this church. We're, we're about 200 people praying in the Holy Ghost, meeting and getting on fire, and 3,000 people. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread and prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. To me, that's, a, that's the first one. Oh, and then jump down to 47. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I believe we're not even tapping what the disciples did in the book of Acts. First day, they got filled with the Holy Ghost, there's 3,000 people got born again. Then after that, daily people were added to the church. I mean, this is a fast growth pace, right? Now I'm gonna kind of jump through this. Acts 3, a lame man is healed, is immediately healed. Acts 4, 4, 5,000 people got born again. Same thing. They're just going through Jerusalem now preaching. 5,000 people born again. Acts 4:31, the place. When they prayed, it was shaken. <clears throat> Acts 5, Ananias and his wife died in church from lying and withholding when Paul asked them about what they did with the money. Um, Acts 5, 12, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done, and they were all, done, and they were all in one accord at Solomon's porch, and the people esteemed them highly, and more believers were added. What I think is interesting about me, it says, that the Acts, there says, through the hands of the apostles, it's talking about everyone who was there. They were all in one accord. Now you're talking about a church who's, now we're in Acts 5, so I mean, it's grown at this point. And it's saying the apostles, not just Peter and John, it's saying the people that were, they were anointing and turning into apostles. It says that <clears throat> um, by the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done, and they were all in one accord at Solomon's porch. That means they were in the same mindset. They were in the mindset of being filled with the Holy Ghost, and they were in the mindset of signs and wonders being done. I think when this church, when this church gets into the mindset of staying filled with the Holy Ghost and that seeing signs and wonders be done, that one accord mindset, we'll, we'll start seeing numbers and big things like that start happening. But I want to read these to you because I want to start kind of um, birth and faith and vision um, for this church and what's to come. And I think that's why God's put this on my heart. It says the people actually esteemed them highly and more believers were added. Acts 5.15, here's a weird one. Peter's shadow started healing people. <laughs> I mean, come on, what did Barry Tubbs were believing were for bigger, going deeper? I don't remember how the saying goes, but for 2019, we need to start believing um, bigger. And I mean, these people had just, all they preached through the whole book of Acts was just the resurrection of Jesus Christ, a basic salvation message. It wasn't who you are in Christ yet. I mean, Paul's not even um, born again. Saul's not even converted. They're just preaching a basic Jesus resurrection from the dead. And all these signs and wonders start happening. And so they weren't 20 years in the Bible school. It says that they believed they were baptized and then they turned them into apostles and they started going out. And I mean, the miracles and signs and wonders followed them. Okay, here's another one. Acts 5, 16, the multitudes gathered, bringing sick people and those tormented by the unclean spirits and they were all healed. Multitudes gathered and all of them were healed. I mean, start envisioning that. The whole city of Apopka shows up, all of them healed. All of them healed. Um, Acts 5.19, the apostles go to prison 
And an angel opens it and lets them out and they go preach some more. And it says that the angel said to them. So now you have an angel who's assisting them. They get thrown in jail and now the angel's breaking them out. <laughs> Acts 6.1, the disciples were multiplying again. I mean, I, I wrote it down. Every time it says that the church increased, I mean, it's like every chapter of Acts. They increased, they increased, they increased. Thousands more were added to them. It's like, man, what are we doing? <laughs> but I believe that this is, this is the birth of that. And so um, it says Stephen was full of faith and power, did signs and wonders among the people. It says that 615, the Pharisees saw Stephen's face as the face of an angel right before they, right before they killed him. Um, and actually it says that Stephen just looked up to heaven and he fell asleep. I mean, he didn't even, I don't even think he even felt the pain of when they were stoning him. He just looked up and, he, and they said they saw the face of an angel and then he, he was gone. So I don't think he ever felt any of those rocks. Now Paul's going to be a different story because he gets stoned too. Um, Philip starts preaching and people see and hear miracles from him. So now we got not just you know, one person, not, it's not just Peter. Number one, you got to think about Peter. Mark talks about this. Peter just got done denying Jesus and he gets up and it says that he preached boldly to those 3000 people. He wasn't, he had just got done denying Christ and, and, and feeling sorry, but he, he jumped. I mean, when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was like he forgot all about it. But then not only is this Peter's story, it's talking about every person. I mean, you're going from um, Peter, James, John, Philip, um, Stephen. Uh, let's talk about another interesting one. Um, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, telling him to go to Gaza. So now you have an angel who's giving instruction to Philip where he needs to go preach. So imagine you're about your daily routine. You're going to preach somewhere. An angel shows up. I mean, what are you, <laughs> what are you going to do? You, you, you know, so this happened. This happened in the book of Acts. And he says, I want you to go preach here. And so Philip listened to him. And he went down to preach at Gaza. And um, as we know, he overtook the chariot with the Enoch in it, showed him. He preached Christ Jesus to him. The Enoch sees some water. And he says, what's hindering me from being baptized right now? So they get out of the chariot, and it says that as Philip dunked him down, and as he came up, Philip was caught away to another city, and it says that um, he ended up in Ostos or whatever and preached till he ended up all the way back at Caesarea. <laughs> Hopefully his Bible got transported with him too. So now you have a guy who's preaching the gospel who's going places, and now the spirit, not only is an angel talking to him, but now he's being transported without any plane tickets, no American Airlines, uh, you know, it's a lot cheaper that way. No, I don't know if you, you rack up frequent flyer miles that way, but um, I'm sure it's quite the experience. But, but it's just not just fairy tale. Oh, great, look, that was great. That happened to someone in the Bible. No, this was the church. As soon as they got filled with the Holy Ghost, we're still, in, you, know, you know, according to today, the book of Acts is still today. So um, these things should not be uncommon, and I believe is that as we start expecting God to do things, that will, you know, need to aid our ministry, you will start seeing more of these things. So let's talk about some other ones. You got a guy who's killing Christians named Saul, sees a great light and hears a voice and ends up blind. <laughs> and then, um, obviously you know the story, he goes to the street called Straight, Ananias comes, lays his hands in the, on him to be um, filled with the Holy Ghost and the scales fall from his eyelids. And uh, let's see, where, where are we at now? Um, oh, Ananias has a vision, and the Lord speaks to him. And that was when he told him to go see this guy named Saul. So don't think it uncommon, the Lord, you had a vision to go talk to someone. And so how would have Ananias known, you know, if he wasn't in tune with the Lord and staying prayed up, he got Saul filled with the Holy Ghost. That means he must have already been filled, and he must have already done this once or twice. So... He was already well equipped and he was in tune with the Lord and he says, you're gonna go here and get this person filled with the Holy Ghost. And that's, and Ananias said, oh no, not that guy. He's the guy who's murdering Christians. And so the Lord says, well, I'm gonna show him many things he's gonna suffer for my sake. <clears throat> so Ananias had a vision. That's not uncommon. Um, I love something Pastor Mark says is that dreams and vision are the language of the Holy Spirit. 
Acts 9.31, they multiplied again. Come on, Word of Life Church, let's start multiplying. Acts 9.32, Jesus through Peter heals um, Aeneas immediately who was paralyzed and was, and was bedridden eight years. So now you have a paralyzed person getting healed. Acts 9.40, Peter tells Tabitha to rise from the dead and she sits up. Acts 10.3, Cornelius sees a vision of an angel, and the angel tells him to send men to Joppa to get a man named Peter. There we go. There's another angel. Um, again, it's, it's not an uncommon thing to them. Acts 10.17, Peter now has a vision of men coming to him to Cornelius' Cornelius' house. So not only is Cornelius having a vision, Peter's having a vision at the same time. Acts 11.21, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Another great number, many more saved. Acts 11.24, Barnabas, now we have a new disciple. How many, how many people even in this church have become new disciples? So now we have a new name. It's not Peter, James, it's not Stephen, it's not Philip. Now we have Barnabas. So that means that not, it's not just Pastor Daryl, it's Paul, it's... Angela, it's Melanie, it's you who's going out and doing these things. I love that. It's not, the whole Bible is not on Paul and Peter and Jesus. Many disciples were mentioned doing these things. Barnabas is preaching full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great many were added to the Lord. Acts eleven twenty seven, 27, a prophet named uh, Angbeus or something stood up and showed that there would be a great famine, and they sent relief to the other churches in Judea. Um, send an aid and support. Acts 12, 7. Something there you have a, um, a prophet and they're prophesying about a great famine. Acts 12, 7. Peter is kept by 16 soldiers and an angel breaks him out of prison. What, didn't this already happen once before earlier in the book of Acts? I just said, so here we have another angel breaking somebody out of prison. Uh, I don't think it was an uncommon thing for them to see that now. You, you read through this and you're, you're, you, know, you never really see these things until you start looking for them, kind of the uncommon things that the church did. Um, now we're getting, oh, here's, here's a fun one. We're going to read this one, Acts 12, 12 through 16. I want to show you this one because when I saw this, and I have to give credit for Dr. Varallo because she showed me this. She's kind of the one who got me started on all this, um, started talking to me about just seeing more than, than I am, Acts 12, 12 through 16. This is funny. I think Peter's um, in jail again. So it's not uncommon for, for Peter to be in jail. So if you get in jail, we've already seen this is about to be the third time that an angel breaks him out. <laughs> so I wouldn't be afraid if you're out preaching and someone says they're going to lock you up. Well, I'll probably be out tomorrow preaching again. <laughs> so don't be afraid. Um, Acts 12, 12. Let's see if I'm there. Uh, some of these I'm going to read. Um, let's see. So uh, at 10, it talks about they're past the second guard post. The angel leads him out of the city. So he sees an angel. And then Peter had come to himself and said, now I know the certain the Lord has sent his angel. He has delivered me from the hand of Herod from all the expectations of the Jewish people. Verse 12. And we had considered this. He came to the house of Mary and the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, and were many gathered together praying. Imagine that. They were praying, and Peter's out. As Peter knocked on the door of the gate, a girl named Rhonda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. And they said to her, you are beside yourself. That means you've lost your mind, Rhonda. Yet she kept on insisting that it was so. So they said, it's his angel. My question is, and I mean, it, it, they're dead serious. And Peter continued knocking. How did they know what his angel looked like? He must have looked something like Peter because now you have a girl who, who sees Peter, runs back, or says she heard his voice, and the people said, Rhonda, you're crazy. It's just probably his angel. You know, whatever. Leave, leave it alone or whatever he has to say, let him tell you. I mean, how do, they must have been, this must have been so common for them to see angels that they said, Rhonda, surely we're praying right now. 
no, Pastor Daryl just got out of jail. Ah, it's probably his angel. I wouldn't worry about it. If he has a message, you know, yada, yada, yada. I mean, but think about this. It was not, this was a very, um, or, I mean, you will read right through that if you're just reading. You're reading, you'll see that the angel broke him out, but you'll read, oh, it's just his angel. How do they know what the angel, that what Peter's, they must have seen Peter's angel quite a few times. In order for them to know it was his, how did they know it belonged to him? I mean, they must have seen it with him a few times. I mean, just, you read through this and you stop and you say, wait, what did that just say? What did that just say? How did they even know what he looked like? They must have seen him a lot if they, if they knew. You know, if you knew that, the reason you knew that Nikki and Paul were together when they first started coming, because Paul's pretty new, I'm going to pick on him. Well, the reason you start seeing this guy around, and then they say, and then, you know, I remember the first time he was here, he was taking a nap, and I think Bruce was like, we've got to check this guy out. We don't know who he is, you know. And so, you know, we did it. He was a new face. But after a while, people started talking, going, oh, that's Paul, uh, it's Nikki's boyfriend. Well, why did, why did we know that? Well, we saw him all the time. So they said, no, it's just Peter's angel. How did they know that? They must have seen him quite a bit, and it wasn't an unordinary thing. Here and today, if you, people see something, they feel like, oh, if I saw that, I'd have a heart attack or something and, and die. No, it was a very common thing for them to see the supernatural of God. Many people getting saved, miracles, angels. It was not an uncommon thing in the book of Acts. I thought that was a great one. Um, <clears throat> Acts 13, 8, Paul's out preaching, and a sorcerer Amalaus comes up who tried to stop and tried to stop Paul, and Paul told him to be blind, and it says a black cloud fall, fell on him for a time, and all the people saw it. And so now you have the sorcerer tries to get in Paul's way, and he tells him to be blind. The guy goes blind, and it says that the sorcerer had to be led by the hand. I mean, <laughs> when I read that, it made me think one time that I was, um, I was out, and this guy, um, I don't know if you've ever, uh, what is it, the fortune teller guys? I'm driving Cody's car, and he's wanting to sell it. And uh, this is when I started really having to prepare myself for weird things, right? And Cody's got a car number, and so this thing says, blah, you know, Habib's fortune telling, 407, yada, yada, yada. And this guy starts waving at me, right, telling me to roll my window down. And he tells me to pull over. And I'm like, oh, God, no. Anybody but this fortune teller guy. Like, I don't know, this guy might try to put something on me. And, you know, yeah, psychic. And I'm like, no. But I mean, imagine you're, you're going to, this is increasing more and more. I mean, especially now after, after you got every kid at Harry Potter's out there slinging a wand at the universal thing, trying to be, cast spells on people. So it's, it's not an uncommon thing now. So he comes up to me. Nice guy. There was two of them. We started talking the whole time. I'm just like, I got to get out of here. But then the Lord started dealing with me after again, why are you afraid? Because this lore is weird, it's uncommon, I don't know, I don't hang out with these people, I don't know what they do, I don't know what kind of hoobie-jubie he'd try to put on me or something. He shook my hand and I was pleading the blood of Jesus, put some, you know. <laughs> but you know how, as Americans, you know, we, we think about some of that stuff. I mean, he's coming from another country, so to them, that's normal. But over here, I guess they stay in business because I see the one in Altamont still open. And um, I don't know, but I don't want any part to deal with that, but, but imagine... A sorcerer does come to you and tries to get in your way. Are you going to be afraid and run? Paul just says, I command you to be blind. And the guy went, Poop, and someone, <laughs> he couldn't see a thing. So what I'm saying, I remember the Lord started preparing me. He just says, you know, don't be afraid of these people. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. So why are you afraid? You should be ministering to him. Saying, I can tell you where you can get something that's way better than that. Where it's the real deal. Where it's not you know, coming from darkness, but, but Jesus can tell you, um, he can show you things to come and not, you know, so those things we shouldn't be scared of. Um, but I'm telling you, as times increase and darkness increases, you and I need to be prepared. I mean, Paul didn't have any problem just getting this guy out of his way. And I thought that was really funny. Um, let's see, where am I at now? Let's see, Paul, okay, Acts 13, 42, Paul preaches at Poseidon. Actually, I, I want to read this one. This is another good one. Acts 13, 42. 
So the Jews went out of the synagogue and the Gentile. Now, this time, Paul's traveling around from city to city, from Athens to Poseidon, and he's, now he's at Antioch. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged him that these words might be preached to them in the next Sabbath. Now, this is the first time Paul shows up. I think this is how this, because I remember reading this. And so he's coming from, um, let's see where he's coming from. Um, I think he's coming from Cyprus or Poseidon. He ends up at Antioch, and this is, he shows up. And then one time he preaches, and then the next, and then when he walked out, it says the next Sabbath that the, um, it says that the, now the congregation, or the, the Gentiles pleaded with him that he be preached the next Sabbath. Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas who was speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Paul shows up, preaches one time. The next Sunday, the whole city's there. I mean, we should start believing for, for that. For, um, you know, people were begging the Gentiles were begging to hear the word of God. Um, and it says, when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, contradicting and blaspheming. They opposed the things spoken by Paul. And Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it is necessary the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you rejected it and you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. So <clears throat> that's what happened there. Then next he goes um, to Iconium and let's see. It says, uh, I'm just going to go real quick. Acts 14, the lame man heard Paul preaching and was observing him intently. And Paul, watching him, saw that he had faith. Paul could see the man's faith by just looking at him. That, that was a weird thing for me. How can I be looking at someone's face and say, you know what? That guy right there has got faith. I can just, I just see it on his face. I mean, that's, that's supernatural. It's like a word of knowledge. Um, and he said, stand up on your feet. And the man was whole. So I thought that was pretty crazy. Um, Acts 14, 19, they stone Paul, and he just gets up and leaves the city. Let's see if we, we can go uh, 14, 19 real quick. It says the Jews from Antioch and Iconium came there, having persuaded. Now he just was preaching at Antioch, and the Jews were mad, right? And he, then he said, well, I'm going to preach to the Gentiles instead. And having persuaded the multitudes, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and they went into the city. And the next day he departed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's not an uncommon thing for you to die and just come right back to life and go back to preaching. They stoned him. They dragged his body out. And then the disciples came and he gets up and goes right back in. I mean, you're reading this and going... <laughs> This is some supernatural stuff going on. It's just not your everyday Sunday morning, Wednesday night service. Okay. Um, Acts 16.5, here we go again. They were strengthened in numbers daily. Acts 16.9, a vision appeared to Paul in the night and a man pleading him to come to Macedonia. So a Bible will refer to sometimes dreams as visions of the night. So now we have Paul, this time it's not by an angel, but it's just a vision and he sees a man in, in his dream saying, come to Macedonia. And um, this is another one, Paul, uh, Acts, Acts 16, 18. This one I thought was um, interesting as well. <clears throat> now as it happened, I'm gonna, uh, 16, 16, now as it happened when they went to prayer and a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination met us. So now back to my story or the other story. You see a person who's, you know, filled with the Spirit, don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. Paul wasn't obviously afraid at all. Who brought her master's much profit by fortune telling. So I'm glad this fortune teller didn't follow me around for days because I don't know what I would have done. I would have ran um, at the time. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the Most High of God who proclaimed to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. <laughs> imagine you're out ministering and somebody's following you around for days and this is what's even funnier and Paul being greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and she came out that very hour but when her master saw that their hope for profit was gone they seized Paul and Silas and dragged him into the marketplace and the authorities 
So what I want to know is what, what were their masters thinking the whole time she's following these guys around? I mean, he's not making money these couple of days. Obviously, these, aren't, these are not clients. These people don't want to buy. So she's just following them around. Maybe they couldn't get a hold of her because she was attracted, um, you know, because the spirit of God, it says that the spirit met, um, met them. And Paul, I guess, let it go on. So by, like Bible says, what you allow what is um, loosed in heaven is already loosed on earth. What's bound in heaven, what you allow in heaven, what you allow on earth. And so five, I guess Paul finally got annoyed and told it to shut up, and it left. So, you know, there you could see some of the spirits harassing you. It's, uh, it's up to you to tell it to leave. It's not going, oh, this has been going on for days, this problem. It's up to me, you know, God, take, take it away. Obviously, God just let that thing follow Paul around until Paul said, I'm, I'm tired of hearing you're annoying me. Get out. And so there you go. Um, was it God's will? Well, he left that up to Paul on that matter. And that, I thought that was an interesting story. Paul's um, a man of, of boldness. And I, I, I say, I, I thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. That's, you you got to be bold to let something like that just follow you around all the time. <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, let's see. So after that spirit of divination happened, um, Paul and Silas for casting her out end up in prison in a great earthquake and all the prison doors open. So that's like the fourth time someone's getting broke out. The prison guard saw the signs and wonders and tried to kill himself. Then Paul stopped him and he says, what do I must do to be saved? And then actually it says that he went to that man's house and got his whole family born again. So um, Paul's ends up in jail ministry after casting the devil out of a girl, and then he ends up getting the guard born again. So, you know, he's just kind of along for the ride. And so great earthquake happened. That's a sign and a wonder. Um, Acts 17, 12, many more believed at Berea. Acts 18, 9, Paul departed from Athens and went to Corinth, and the Lord spoke to Paul in the night by a vision, saying, do not be afraid, but speak, and do not be silent. So now Paul's having a vision of the Lord in the night and God's talking to him. I actually want to stop at this one for one second because as you can see that, I always, if you have anything, I always say go to the word and find it. You know, before, make sure it's in the word. The Bible says test the spirits, right? But um, I'll tell you a funny one. One night I was dreaming and I was in this desert and there was like a building and I'm just kind of like walking along and I don't know what I'm doing. And all of a sudden I see like this lion thing, right? And I'm like, oh crud. So I start to run and it wraps itself. And I mean, within an instant, it wrapped itself around me in the dream. But it kind of turned into like a leopard or a tiger looking thing. It was like a mix. It was so weird. And it started talking to me about ministry. And I thought it was so strange. And he says, I'm getting ready to launch you out. And I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? He said a few more things, and then the dream ended. The next, like what, next, like right after that, I preached for five days straight at, uh, at the school in Pine Hills. And the, I haven't really been preaching. I may have preached once. And ever since that, I've been preaching time and time and time again. Well, later I found in like Hosea 13, God calls himself, I'm like the lion. And he says, I also watch like the leopard. And he compares himself to a bear. I thought it was very strange. I actually looked it up later on. Because anytime I see something, I say, Lord, show me. And if it's nothing, just let it go. And then I go in the scripture and say, show me, prove it to me in here. If it's not in the word, I'm not going to believe it. You got to be able to prove it in here. So I found those scriptures. We get to Jerusalem. And at the lion's gate, there's four cats on the top of the gate. And I asked the tour guide, I says, what are those, that, those don't look like lions. He goes, no, they're leopards. I was like, really? So it's the lion's gate and it has leopards on it. I just thought it was so funny. And I think it's, I think it's, um, I can find this scripture, but the Lord compares himself to a lion and he watches like a leopard and also like the bear of her cubs. So there, you know, so sometimes ask the Lord, pray and say, show me, show me in the word if you see something. And I, I will say this, after that night, um, it was, it was as, as he said, it was the weirdest thing. But then I, I preached for five days straight right after that. My dad calls me like, I don't know if it was the next day or the next two days. He says, Tom wants you to come to a school and um, preach. And I was like, oh man, I've never preached for five days straight. <clears throat> and then after that, it's been, you know, it's been, it's increased a lot more. And so <clears throat> um, 
as heaven begins to talk, you know, respond. Believe those things. Sometimes if you, you know, you, something happens, don't just throw and go, ah, that's a crazy dream. It's, oh, I saw, I had a dream in my family. No, pray for him. I've, I've seen dreams of people who left this church. I just wake up and say, Lord, I don't know where they're at. I pray that you're moving on their heart, that you're drawing them back to you. I'm not going, oh, man, now I, saw, I had this crazy dream about this person who used to come to our church. Yeah, man, isn't that, that's a long time ago. Oh, that was wild. No. If you have something, I'll just immediately now wake up and say, you know what, Lord, I haven't seen that person in a long time. I pray that you're, you're with them. I pray that they're getting on fire for you. I pray that you're leading labors across their path, that, that they turn to the light of the gospel. And I command Satan to get off of them, stop blinding their eyes. So sometimes you see those things respond to heaven, and it'll, it'll increase. Um, he that is faithful with little will be faithful with much. You know, if you think everything's just crazy and, oh, it's just I had a crazy dream, you know, some of them are. I mean, I wouldn't doubt that. But sometimes, you know, something stays on your heart for a while. Like that person I saw, it stayed on my heart for, um, I don't know, it's, I mean, until this day, I was talking to somebody about it the other day. I said, oh, you know, I saw this person. And they, they, you know, it's been a little while since they've been here. But I was close to them, but I haven't thought about them in a while. But I've been praying for them now. Just like the Lord put it on my heart. So we, we saw him in a dream. He didn't want to talk to me in the dream. He was just like, Ugh, and I just was kind of convinced him. And so I just, um, now I'm praying for him. I just, I, I take it as a sign from heaven that God wants to move on this person. I'm not getting all crazy about it, but Lord, move on in the day. Move on and draw him back to you. So I think that's what that's for. It's for an assignment. It's for God moving on people. Um, let's look at another one. Um, <clears throat> it says that Acts 19.8, Paul laid hands on 12 men in Ephesus. They were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in tongues, prophesied and spoke boldly for three months, and then it says it continued in that area for two years. That's a, that's a sign and a wonder. Right after he laid hands on him, prayed for him, got him filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 19.11, God worked unusual miracles by the hand of Paul. Um, you're reading through the Bible, you can just go right past that and never see it. I, and it doesn't even say, and I guess, oh, so that even handkerchiefs, aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them. So God working unusual miracles. The Bible says it's unusual. I don't think it's unusual to God, but it was unusual to them. It was unusual to us. Someone started wiping me down with handkerchiefs and then people were getting healed. Yeah, that's pretty unusual. But this is, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. If you treat this as his word and take it seriously, I believe those things can start happening. But if you go, oh, Hey, isn't that a crazy story in the Bible? Yeah, you'll never see it. You, the, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you're not going to get God's attention by having no faith about certain things. And so I've always thought that was crazy, but I've changed my mind about that um, just recently. So <clears throat> Paul fell down, Acts 20.10, on the young man who fell asleep and fell from the third story and said, for his life is in him. So Paul's preaching, a guy falls asleep, falls from the th third story, dies. Paul goes, lays down on him, and says his life's in him, and the man comes back to life. Um, Acts 23, 11. Um, 40 men bound by an oath to kill Paul was escorted out of the city by 200 soldiers and 70 horsemen. Now Paul has gotten quite the notoriety around town, being guarded by 200 soldiers. Acts 27, 21. To 23, Paul had warned them not to sail, but they did it anyways, and an angel of the Lord stood by Paul and said to him, here we go again with the angel thing. That's a very common thing is throughout the whole book of Acts. An angel tells Paul that the ship is going to be saved and not a soldier is going to be lost. <clears throat> Paul told the soldiers that. Paul was bit by a viper, the locals, and he shook it off. They thought he was going to die, but when he didn't die, they thought he was a god. Um, next one, this, I'll read this uh, I'll read this one, Acts 28.8. This is when Paul gets on Malta. They've been shipwrecked. They're on the island. Um, and, and, I mean, Paul's, you, you, I read through the book, the whole book in like two or three days, and I thought it was amazing on just how crazy Paul's ministry was and the disciples' ministry was. And I'm thinking, man, uh, this is a little different than my usual weekly Sunday morning, Wednesday night routine. <clears throat> um, let's see if I'm going to read from the, I'll start at verse 8. The first one, it says, Paul, they had escaped and found themselves on Malta. Let's go down to eight. No, seven. In the region, there was an estate of a leading citizen of the island whose name was, um, what is that, Publis? 
who received us and entertained us courteously for three days. Imagine that. The guy doesn't even know Paul, and he's a leading citizen on the island, and he actually treated, the way he treated Paul, I think, opened up the door for a miracle in his life, the way he treated the man of God, right? And it happened that the father of um, Publius lay sick, a fever, and, and, and dysentery. Paul went into him, prayed, laid hands on him, and healed him. Who did it? Paul did it. It says, Paul went into him, prayed, and he laid his hands on him. And he healed him. That's our commission. You lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You think, oh, God's going to do it. No, you go lay your hands on them. I'll tell you a story about my neighbor in a second. And when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases came to him and were healed. I mean, (laughs) this guy's father is sick. Paul lays his hands on him. He gets healed. Now the whole island shows up. What did it say? Um, Verse 9, when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases came and were healed. Everybody. Not just a couple people on the island. Not a few of them. All of them were healed. I just, you know, get, I'm trying to get that in me to start seeing stuff like that. Um, you know, it's funny, me and um, talking about my neighbor, my neighbor's a, a crazy guy, but he's a good guy, very faithful neighbor, takes care of my dog for me, um, comes out of the, the drug world, and when I first met him, I wasn't sure about the guy, you know, from New York, and he had a big gold chain around his neck, he looked like he was in the Italian mob or something, and kind of, but you know, it's funny is my kind of more American neighbor with the big truck, he don't ever talk to me. But the crazy neighbor loves to talk to me. He used to come over to my house all the time. And, you know, he's become very loyal to me and taking care of, like, my dog. And I realize that sometimes, you know, people are just not who, you know, you think that this guy is, is a certain way. But he ends up like, he'll take care of your house, your, your family, everybody. And your other neighbor, don't even, he'll never even say hi to you. And, but this guy was, you know, he, he ran drugs for years, been in and out of jail, prison, and uh, just got out of the lifestyle. And, and he's got tattoos from, from his neck all the way down. He looks like an inmate. But, um, you know, the guy has just been really good to me, been good to my, takes care of my dog, buys her things when I'm gone. And, I mean, just, you know, really blesses me. And, um, but, you know, he's got a lot of problems internally. And I remember one time, you know, and he was living off um, uh, whatever it is when you disability. And... <clears throat> didn't go to work, sat home all day. That's why I had him take care of my dog. <laughs> but one day he was in my car and he just, after months and months of him just complaining about his, his wife, his life, him not working, his spine, his injury, all this stuff, I finally was just got tired of it. And I tried to talk to him about the gospel, but many times he was, dr- he was drinking a lot of liquor and on pills. And so talking to him about Jesus was not going anywhere because he, he it, you know, the next morning he didn't remember anything. And um, <laughs> so he, he's been quite the fun witness. But one day I remember praying, you know, I said, let me just lay my hands on you and let's just pray. He's like, well, I'm Catholic. I said, Stevie, I don't care what you are. You know, I said, let's just pray. You can be Catholic all you want, but let's pray. Because, you know, they, they try to, people get weird. You know, oh, I'm Catholic. I already know, I know about God, you know, whatever. I don't know what he was, where he was trying to go with that. But it just, it's like an initial condition response. Someone talks about the Lord. It's like, well, and they, they bring this, I'm this. And you got to get past that to, to pray for him. So we prayed. Didn't really see a change in him. I don't really care. My job's not, I'm the believer. He, God is a performer, right? So I kind of saw him start going back to work after that. But to him, nothing happened. He says nothing happened to him. But I saw something happen. He started kind of going back to work. And he goes, oh, I'm still in pain, but, you know, I'm going back to work. And I'm like, oh, praise God. Because before, you know, he just was sitting home all day drinking. So I'm seeing an improvement. My prayers are working. Um, he's wanting full healing, but obviously this is a progression. So then I get back from Israel and he's talking about going in for spinal surgery the next day. And I'm like, well, let's pray again. Let's pray. He goes, we already did that once. I was like, let's do it again. (laughs) I don't care. I'll pray for you once, pray for you again. You fall over and die, I'll pray for the next person. I mean, so I, I just, I said, Stevie, let's pray again. And I, I, we prayed again. He calls me back the next day and he says, you know, I believe God honors, you know, um, I remember Todd White t- t- talking about healing people. 
And he would pray for people, pray for people. And then eventually um, the Lord had led him to a place where he got filled with the Holy Ghost. And right after that, the healing started popping left and right. But I believe, um, you know, as he was doing it, he was growing the word. He was being faithful. And then, and then things, the, the revelation started unlocking, miracles started happening. Well, anyways, my neighbor calls me back. And he goes, hey, man, and his wife was calling me. He called me. He's like, we just left the doctor. I don't have to get spinal surgery anymore. I was like, praise God. He goes, I don't know what you brought back from Israel, but they gave you some special mojo over there. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand all of it, but I know this is that two months ago, I'm growing in my faith, and three, four months later, I'm still growing and believing God. And while I was there, I'm still praying. For, I'm not going to stop praying for people because I'm not seeing what I want. I'm just going to keep doing it. And then a couple months went by, I prayed for him again, and, and now it was like, boom, the next day they said, well, we're, gonna, we're just going to do something in your elbow. You don't need spinal surgery anymore. So, now, you know, then him, he was calling me, his wife was calling me, and um, he was amazed. But, but now look at the, the influence of the gospel to him now because of, of that. And I'm just praying that the Lord um, is increasing that. And um, let's go... <clears throat> So let's see, Paul, so he heals everybody on the island. The whole island showed up. Imagine that. Everybody in Orlando shows up to hear Pastor Daryl. I believe it. Acts 28, 23, Rome had many people showed up at Paul's lodge, his rented home, all day and night to hear the gospel. And it says Paul persuaded them. And I believe we need to become good stewards of, and being able to persuade people, telling them about what Jesus has done for them. That Jesus through the blood of Jesus, they can get right standing with God. Like Dad said Sunday, through one man, Adam, every man sinned. And it wasn't even our fault. But through one man, Jesus, the last Adam, now we're brought back to righteousness in Christ Jesus. That was the basic message that Paul preached throughout the whole book of Acts. And that was what caused all, the, all these signs and wonders. You don't have to get 20 years deep into all this theology He's preaching a basic message about the resurrection of Jesus and being born again. Now, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, and that's what you know, he preached. I'm going to go back now, so let's talk about another one. We're almost out of time, but <clears throat> I'm almost done. I didn't think I was going to make it through all those, but I did. Let's see, Matthew 14, 22. Here's another strange one I begin to think about. Um, I want to read this one. Now think about this. Let's just read it. I've heard this story my whole life, and I don't think it was until just recently that it hit me. <clears throat> Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent them the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And now evening had come and he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for a wind was contrary. But now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. I mean, so they're, obviously they're not used to these things. I'm sure some of us would be troubled if we saw that too. But I believe we need to start expecting the supernatural. They cried out for fear, like I was. I was afraid of a lot of those weird people. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come and on the water. And so Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now think about this. None of the disciples are saved. Jesus hasn't even, you know, went down to hell and become born again. He's, Jesus is the prototype, right? And we all know what a prototype is. You know, when Ford came out with the Ford Raptor, they were, and they were talking about all these things, and they were testing all these suspensions, and they put it through all these tests. And that's what Jesus is going through all these tests. God, and he's passing all the tests, right? And then when certain, you know, Jesus didn't fail, but when, like with a truck, when certain things fail, they'll swap it out. But, and, and the, you know, it's an amazing truck, Right? But then they take that truck and they replicate it and they take all the parts and they make it over and over and over and over again to other trucks exactly like it. Now, Jesus is the prototype and he's doing these things. But my question is, is how did Jesus know? And he wasn't even, I mean, obviously he's God and he found himself in the scripture. But where is his scripture that says that he could do that? 
and he's not even resurrected yet. I mean, you know, it says when he was resurrected, he walked through walls that he, he uh, ascended and, and floated off. He said that, the, you know, he appeared to the two men walking on the road to Damascus after the resurrection and says, why are you guys, um, why do you look sad? And they said, well, our Savior died. I mean, all those, now G, the supernatural is really happening. But this is before that, Jesus is walking on water. Where, where, did, he, where did he learn that? Where did he figure that out? Peter is not even born again. And, and um, Jesus, uh, Peter says, bid me to come. And so Peter steps out into the supernatural. Not even a new creation in Christ. Which that scripture, any man be a new creation, that actually can, um, there's another translation that says that you're a new race, a new species kind of being that's never been made before. And so God took the old man, had to kill it, because there was no way to save it and what Adam did, and now he's a new creation, but Peter's not even, not even there yet. I mean, he's, he's still an old man. And so it was almost like the dominion that came from Adam, that there was things that still could be done, and, and Jesus knew it. I just thought it was so crazy on how they're not even born again yet. They're not even, um, <clears throat> they're not even like, like we are, being where Christ now lives in us. I'm in Jesus, he's in me, and we're in the Father. I think it's John 14. Um, so, and then all of a sudden, you, you got supernatural things happening with a person who's not even born again yet. I mean, and who, who taught Jesus that? Who showed him where that was in the Bible? Who, how did he know that? And so I think that with Adam's dominion, there was a lot that he was supernatural, and Satan wanted it, right? And so Satan comes to take, because Satan's convincing him um, that I don't have to be under God and so Adam falls and gives dominion to the devil. Jesus takes dominion back and gives it to the church, right? But now but we see these things all over. And I just, I wanted to share those things. Um, number one, they're for the assignment that you're given. Number two, they're to draw people to get born again. I believe if you're on the assignment God has for you, many people, you know, that's gonna happen because it, it needs to age you. Because we live in a, we're a supernatural people. We're a new race of people. We operate through the kingdom of heaven, not through the world system, right? I'll tell you a story at Tent Nation, and I'll close with this. There was a man named Derek, and we were there, and I'm the security guard. He was wearing a cross on his thing, but I didn't know he wasn't a Christian, wasn't a believer. Didn't really want anything to do with Jesus, and we started talking, and I was trying to get him saved. And he doesn't, obviously, he doesn't want anything to do with, with God. And he's married, he's got another girl showing up that night to accompany him, uh, I was like, whatever, I don't care. He's telling me about it. I'm like, you know, my main goal is I don't want to talk about your situation here because I don't care. The main thing is, is, is I want to talk to you about the Lord. And so, um, and, you know, and that's the thing is I'm not there to condemn him and beat him up. I mean, he already, he's already lost. What more is that going to do? I'm telling him about a God that loves him, that God that wants him to come back, a God that has more for him. And so I don't know this guy's situation, but an hour in, doesn't want anything to do with the gospel. Very hard face, very, you know, <clears throat> I, I, you know um, very uh, strong, strong-willed. So it doesn't seem very nice. For some reason, he liked me for, uh, you know, he thought I was a cool guy. So, and, and, and I told him this, this as well. You're here all night to watch the campground, and I'm going to stay with you and talk with you, and you can't leave, so I'm staying. And so he's like, well, whatever, you, you're, um, you're in your company and me. i got to be here all night. Might as well. So, uh, so we kept talking about life and just spending time with him, loving on him, asking him who he is and what he does. And so finally, at like three or four o'clock in the, I don't know how late it was, but it was late. And we had gotten into so many deep issues. And so finally, I just told him, because he, I guess he was an ex-police officer. And he told me about all the crazy things that happened. And I'm, and I'm like, you know, I said to him, Derek, if someone were to show up in this property at night, you're telling me all these crazy stories, places that, you know, homes and things you went into, raided, you've been shot at, whatever. You tell me if a bullet doesn't come through tonight that you're going to make it to heaven. So finally, like, after like three times I pleaded with him, right? He says, we're supposed to persuade men. Three times, every couple hours, I'm pleading again. We get to like two or three in the morning, and um, we're talking about all the crazy things he saw as a police officer, just spiritual, demonic things. Finally, he gave his heart to Jesus at like 2 or 3 in the morning. I am dead tired, but I'm like, praise God. He finally broke, and um, I wasn't going to give up. <laughs> well, I went to bed that night, but I was like, why is this guy, why is this so hard? 
you know, this guy's got so much built up against God. Well, that night I had a dream, and I thought it was the weirdest dream in the world. And in the dream, I'm the person who's, um, you know, I'm hanging out with somebody, and uh, there was a group of guys that came, and someone stabbed me in the neck. And then there was a fight that broke out. Um, people ended up on the ground. It was really wild. And I'm thinking, okay, me and this guy were talking about his past. We were talking about drugs. We were talking about Flocka. We were talking about him being a police officer. Um, and, you know, he told me as a police officer, he saw people with superhuman strength, I mean, on drugs. I mean, he says there was this one cop who was so huge, and this, this little guy took him out. I mean, one hit, knocked him out. And he says, whatever, he says I've seen things that you can't, you can't explain out there. And um, we talked about all that stuff. So I said, you know, maybe we talked about this mess too much last night, and I'm seeing things now. Oh, I got to get some more rest. <laughs> so the next day, we're back at Tent Nation, and I, t- I saw him again. He says, hey, Derek. I said, how's it going? He goes, oh, it's good. And I'm like, hey, I had a crazy dream last night. He says, oh, really? I said, he goes, was it about flocking? And I said, no. And um, he goes, all right, well, tell me later. He goes, we'll talk tonight if you're, if you're down to hang out. And I'm like, okay. So now he's kind of open. And I saw when we prayed, I mean, the light went off on him, and he just kind of meshed, uh, just turned to like, you know, you could tell that his, the joy kind of came back into his face. And um, so never told him what happened. I think it was near like the last night we're talking again. And um, we were talking about something, and I've been thinking about this dream over and over. And it was so vivid, I could see everything, right? And from what I've learned, it's, it's a word of knowledge, but through, through a dream. So he's talking about some lady in an apartment stabbed him with a, a needle or something. He was, because he, uh, he was a security in an apartment complex, someone stabbed him with a needle. And I just, I don't know, out of nowhere, I says, Derek, can I ask you a question? I was like, has anyone ever like stabbed you in the neck with like a knife? And he goes, I haven't been stabbed in the neck, but he pulls his shirt up and right under his chest, there's a stab here, stab here, stab here, stab here. I mean, big wounds. I was like, oh my goodness. And so I told him the dream again and he wouldn't say anything. So I was like, oh man, I've lost, I've lost my marbles, but whatever. You know, I'm out of, and I didn't want to tell him, but um, I did it anyways. Sometimes you get that unction by the spirit of the Lord and you just say something and you're like, oh crap, why did I say that? You know, I didn't want to go down that road. So then he tells me the story. I said, in this dream, I'm this person, I get stabbed, this person with me dies, laying in a pool of blood. So he tells me that him and this black kid used to hang out, best friends. Three white guys jumped him, or four white guys, they got into a fight, he got stabbed, and his best friend died. And he's been angry and mad, I mean, just so much hate ever since, because people have hated his friend who, you know, when I guess this Daytona, where they grew up at the time, I and mean, he's a little older than me or, or whatever, um, they just, they, they hated that those two hung out together. And so people were, they were in hatred. And so, I mean, this dude's starting to break. And I'm, you know, and he's just like, and he goes, man, he's like, what, what are you? And I said, I'm just a Christian. I said, maybe the Lord just showed me that. I said, maybe we need to pray. I said, maybe there, there's something, and I, now I could tell where all this resentment in his heart came up. But it was for Derek to come to the Lord. It wasn't for me to go, oh man, I had this cool dream and, you know. And then I said, we need to pray that God heals you of your best friend dying so you, you know, you can become whole. And we prayed and this guy's bawling out, you know. And he, because he didn't know how I figured it out. And I said, it's just something the Lord showed me. And, um, and we prayed and you could tell, like after I said, you know, we prayed for his, for his healing, for restoration, for his heart, for anger. Because I said, oh, in the dream, I'm this angry person, mad all the time. And he told me that he, that was him. He's like, I, I have anger problems. I'm mad at everyone. I hate everybody. When I was a cop, I take people in the back, but I hate everybody. You know what I mean? Just, but you don't know where that's coming from. You don't know where that came from in his life. That, and you're going to need the Lord to help you. You're going to need the assistance from heaven because he's not receiving Jesus and, he, and you don't know why. I don't know why he, this guy is so resentful towards God. Maybe he thinks God allowed his best friend to die. And God's really trying to tell him that it wasn't God that allowed it, that Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so, when I, and, I, and I, I'm glad that me and Dr. Varela got to talk about that because she said, well, it was a word of knowledge and the Lord showed it to you through a dream. But because that stuff started happening last year a lot, I started going okay, we're, we're stepping into a different time now. I mean, even in our own church, I know more of that's been going on. And, um, and I know she came down and talked to us about things and to prepare us for the supernatural that begins to happen. 
And um, I, I was pretty amazed that oh, I was like, man, I've, I haven't really had a lot of that happen to me. Um, but I followed the leading of the Lord. I thought it was crazy. I'd, I, I don't want to be this person who goes, I, you know, I've had people do that to me. I've had a, um, I, I had a, a word for you, I'm not sure. And, you know, I, and, and then sometimes I go, oh, if I'm wrong. And, and, you know, sometimes people miss it. We're just human. But don't be afraid. So what I do is I'll usually pray and wait on it. Like for three days, I think, I, I, but I kept seeing it over and over. And I'm like, man, who, who was I in this thing? And so then I realized, I'm like, well, this kid told me he was angry all the time. So maybe this guy, Derek, that I was talking to. <clears throat> and, um, you know, I told him, I says, if I ever come back in Daytona, me and him will meet. I says, you need to get plugged into a good church. Find out, you know, who you are in Christ, what belongs to you. But um, I think that that's going to start happening more and more. And we just need to be ready for the supernatural. We can't be against it. We need to be in one accord, in one mind, praying in the Holy Ghost, expecting the things of God because A, it, it aids us, and B, it brings people to know Jesus. And um, I think as, the more we step into that, the more we'll start seeing, you know, in the book of Acts, all this was very common. And if you read through it, I mean, chapter after chapter, many more people were added to the Lord. Many more people were saved. And um, I, I just think that we need to, hearing the word of God on these matters, hearing about the supernatural begins to, we, we begin to expect God to just move in amazing ways for people, you know? Begin seeing yourself laying hands on people, praying for people. I mean, the whole book of that, I mean, I was reading last night, every miracle Jesus did, 36 of them. Now, it was, he didn't do 36, but this was just 36, and I would just read them. I was like, man, he healed all kinds of people, every manner of disease. I mean, lame people, blind people, withered arms. I mean, but you, you meditate on the word, and that begins to build up. One, one night I had this dream, and it's it really weird, but this, me and mom were in a car, and this guy, um, uh, I guess, car crashes. But in the dream, he gets out, and I immediately start praying for him. But, you know, like half of his head's gone or, like, chopped, but it comes back. And I just was praying and praying, and, and you know, and then I woke up, and I'm like, it, you know, it's crazy, but I'm, I got, and I was thinking, you know, I really need to start and meditating on, on the word because what happens when that stuff does start happening to me? I haven't, missed, I haven't been in a situation like that. I haven't pulled over on the side of the road, but I believe that if I, you know, meditate on the word just, and to see those things happen, they'll begin to happen. So um, let's just begin to expect the supernatural, expect God to do miracles, expect those things to come back like the book of Acts, right? Heavenly Father, I thank you that You've given me the opportunity to deliver the word, preach on some things that are just, you know, we don't really talk about much, some of the, the, the crazy things of the Bible to us, but they're natural to you. I pray, Father God, that we would begin to see signs and wonders in this church, massive amounts of people, be, you know, getting born again, becoming whole, being healed, and begin to study in those scriptures and to see those things come to pass. And we, I believe that as we meditate on the word, we speak the word, and we pray we will begin to see, like in the book of Acts, those things happen in our, for our church, for our city, and our people. And ultimately, it gives you glory. And um, bless our pastors with a safe return home. Bless everyone tonight with a safe um, driving home. And I pray that you would stir them up to see the supernatural, to expect amazing things to happen in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. We hope it blesses you. If you would like more info on Word of Life, sermons, and free downloads, please go to www.wordoflifeapopka.com. Thank you and have a blessed day.